This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Welcome to the McCovey Croncast. I'm Brian Murphy. I'm Doug Brizzoni. Uh, joining us this week is uh, from Baseball Prospectus and all over the internet and Twitter, uh, Jason Wojciechowski. Jason, you have assured me that I'm within the margin of error for that pronunciation. Welcome to the show. Well, thank you. Uh, thank you for having me. I lied to you. You're well outside the margin of error, but I decided to wait for ah! to tell you that. <laughs> Trolling Brian is always a good idea. I got to go, guys. Enjoy the show. Have fun. <laughs> Well, welcome again. Um, Jason is, uh, he's been a Giants fan since he was two years old. Um, he, uh, he knows the team backwards and forwards. Um, editing baseball prospectus, who wrote the uh, Giants section this year? Because I know that you, it was a conflict of interest for you. Too big of a fan, you said. You that's, a, that's an extremely good question. Um, that is uh, that is a very good question that I'm stalling while the uh, while the internet. Uh, Dan Rathman. Dan Rathman uh, wrote the the comments uh, section. I have no idea who wrote the essay. Did you well, write the essay, Brian? I did not. No. Was Eric not Malinowski. I, I forgot. It was Eric Eric Malinowski uh, did the essay. Daniel Rathman of Baseball Prospectus did the uh, did the comments. And son of 49ers legend Tom Rathman? I don't know. I'm just guessing. It's not a common last name. <laughs> no, I you know I've never asked him. Uh, I've I've um, I've I would like to say I've wondered, but now I'm wondering. Well, now it's out there. It is so out there. Someone will get back to us, I'm sure. He, he hasn't denied it. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> and of course, Eric Malinowski, the best uh, person on Twitter because of the number one rule of Twitter, uh, don't tweet. If you didn't know what the number one rule of Twitter was, those who are listening, it's don't tweet. Uh, but yeah, great. Uh, great. How long have you been editing uh, the annual? Uh, this was my third year. And you, uh, you got this job because you won a poker game or you lost a poker game? Uh, because Sam Miller lost a poker game. I see. I see. Yeah. <laughs> I always pictured Sam Miller as being way more into Russian roulette, but. Uh, yeah. Well, he didn't lose it to me. You know, uh, I, I was kind of an innocent bystander essentially in the, in the bets going around at the game. Um, but just, just to clarify that part of the record. So when you're, when you're putting together these, annuals you're looking at statistics uh something's come up recently i think it's all kind of on twitter yesterday and today was sort of this idea of tanking and how you're using statistics 
Um, you know, being a Giants fan for so long, now I'm talking about myself, and probably, uh, Doug, you can probably relate to this too, the idea of advanced statistics and the Giants going together, I mean, they went together like cookies and ass. They just didn't really match up, seemingly. But the Giants have now, you know, they project well even, and they put together decent teams. Uh, when, when you're just a fan and uh, you're looking at these things and you see something for like, oh, I don't know, a team I know that you don't really like too much, the A's, you see them uh, and you see they're doing whatever, you just look at the numbers and I guess I'm trying to get at if you're not uh, statistically minded or bad with numbers like I am, how do you sort of take that because you're interested in all information you can possibly get kind of merge that with your excitement for watching new baseball if you know it's going to be bad or just maybe not as good as you hoped yeah i mean that's actually a question i've been thinking about a little bit lately uh in terms of um maybe we've you know we whether we've been getting too caught up in um uh, the metagame um, and, and in, in this sort of question of, you know, team building and, um, you know, following the trades and following the signings and blah, blah, blah. And whether that's actually fun, um, you know, whether it might even be more fun just thinking about baseball, even if it's a bad team. Um, so, I, I mean, so I don't know. I, 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 I would like to say that I say that I can look at the A's projections, you know, Prakota says they'll be in last place, Nail West, and say, well, every year some last place team, um, you know, manages to, to, to be a first place team. Um, but I definitely don't do that. Being completely honest, I, that's not a thing I do. Uh, in fact, when the A's are projected to be in first place, I totally i absolutely do tell myself well every year some first place team is a last place team so that's going to be the a's (laughs) um so i think i just you know i think um and i and i think i maybe do this overall too uh these these days more and more like i'm getting i'm more kind of interested in the aesthetics i'm more interested in like the weirdness i'm more like i i would almost call it like uh invoking cespedes family barbecue um and that whole sort of mode of being a baseball fan with just like the weirdness and the funny names and like pig roasts and um all of that stuff uh is is maybe more interesting whether it's a good team or a bad team um to me these days uh and so i i feel like that's a that's a it's a good sort of zen way to be a fan maybe there's no good way to be a fan but you know what i mean sure uh well there's certainly plenty of bad ways to be a fan. there are bad ways to be a fan Uh, most of them involve telling other people how to be a fan so um yeah (laughs) the rest of them involve being a fan like brian is a fan oh sorry what was that Chuck? I was saying the rest of the bad ways to be a fan are the way you're a fan, Brian. That's right. <laughs> I've got the rest covered, yeah, pretty much. <laughs> but I'm very much of that mindset of if a team, if my team is favored or thought to be good, that I'm automatically hiding under something uh, because that just doesn't make sense to me. So, uh, and I don't know why, but that's just it. Just seems like I don't want to jinx it, which is completely irrational. But to get back to the information idea, I mean, that's what's been so great is this boom and it's accessible to everybody. But another part of like additional information we've we've become aware of or received uh, in the last five years has been social media. So 
to your point about the weirdness and, and sort of the kooky names and characters and incidents, there's additional coverage just for that stuff. And it's almost real time, too, whereas in the past we might have had to read it in someone's autobiography or maybe in some sort of like off-season article about, oh, yeah. And then earlier in the season, uh, you know, by the way, back in June, the reason why Stan Stubby wasn't in the lineup was because uh, he was a chronic masturbator and he sprung his wrist. We would have found that out right away these days if that were to happen. Yeah, I think uh, I think that you know Tony Phillips's recent death, sadly, is, was an interesting illustration. There were all these you know stories of these great Tony Phillips quotes, and you know, and they were decades ago, years ago, um, that you know every other word out of his mouth. I, do you guys put an explicit tag on this? We can, or I'll put a funny sound effect over it. So it's fine. okay. I mean, every other word out of his mouth was. My- and uh, you know, uh, various beat writers described him as one of the one of the game's most eloquent uh, eloquent users of profanity. Um, so it's uh, it's uh, you know, I think those things. You know, there's still a lot of things I think aren't getting reported, and and you know, reporters are kind of covering for for players. But I think there's a, an appreciation of that type of thing more now. I mean, we all we all saw the. Uh, the cars that that or the car that Cespedes drove to to um, to spring training and and oh and Freddie Freeman's cat right that's a big one right um, right so uh, yeah or maybe more close close to home last year um, Matt Duffy's cat right that's right that's right yeah ex- yeah <laughs> yeah exactly uh, and and it's it's fun that's the other part of that is that information is fun and. I think learning of you know, projection systems are just – they're fun in their own way too and not to everybody. Some people don't like cats or aren't interested in drugged cats going on road trips with players as much. But they <laughs> – but, you know, they, they enjoy whatever. So that – the diversity of information is certainly uh, beneficial. Um, but again, that's where I get nervous. This diversity of information for the Giants this year – has been basically wall-to-wall positive. I just don't know what to do with that. And Doug is just, you know, he's just like, oh, Brian, you fool, enjoy it. And it's very hard to. <laughs> <clears throat> All right, awkward silence, which I wanted to. <laughs> well, like, I mean, I was, you know, enjoying it, uh, I, I don't know. It's 2016, who enjoys things anymore? Um, <laughs> like, I just don't think that, that... We do live in a post-joy society. It's it is. It's a, you know, it for, for good reason. Uh, it's not an irrational post-joy society. It's a, it's a, you know, we're all screwed and we're all going to die post-joy society. <laughs> you uh, watch the uh, X-Files <laughs> revival, of course, right? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, well, it, that's, it's less that we're all going to die than that we're going to be, you know, Chris Carter is going to make us miserable before we get there. That's right. But because we have to watch the last episode. Exactly. So, if, if Chris Carter could write our final day on Earth, how terrible would everyone's deaths be? <laughs> <laughs> I think the the after answers that right. <laughs> uh, it's just revealed that I watched the after. I'm sorry. That's true. <laughs> that was uh, that that this is bad for everybody's brand. That's right. <laughs> my favorite part of that finale, the like my, my favorite worst part out of many, 
was when um, Agent Dana Scully of the FBI is running through Washington, D.C. with a bag of a cure, and she stops for a moment. It's urgent. This cure, cure, people are dying. It's irreversible unless someone gets this medicine. But she has time to stop a random guy from looting. And then <laughs> she negotiates with the crowd and tells everyone to be cool before she heads off. <laughs> and I just thought, wow, that is out of character. It's a ridiculous scene given the stakes. <laughs> and it was also poorly shot <laughs> and very generic. That will be all it, of our deaths. <laughs> and it had nothing to do with what was going on. Nothing. It could have not happened. <laughs> uh so, so disappointments obviously are are uh, they're always surprising because don't we all hold out? Now bring it back to baseball. Don't we all always hold out hope? I, I mean, to talk to the A's. And again, if you don't, I mean, if you don't know, Jason's actually, uh, you know, he he's he's an A's fan, and there's nothing wrong with that. I feel I'm going on the record to say there's nothing wrong with that. <laughs> I appreciate it here I, and now. Yeah, but I, I mean, appreciate if, your approval. <laughs> I mean, if the A's, uh, you're holding out hope, just not that it's your first thing, whether you see them as projected to be in first or last, you hold out that little bit of hope that the pot, the best case scenario happens either way, right? Even though you're being like, ugh, I, they could be that team that comes in last place. There's still like 2% of you that's like, but maybe. And just like with the last place, there's that 2% that's like, but maybe. Maybe the Mariners will just completely be terrible. Well, that's that's beyond a maybe, but um, but I but yeah, no, I I think uh, um, well, so this is one of I guess the the nice things about being an A's fan, and it's you know yeah to bring it actually back to the tanking where we started, um, is that Billy Bean or the ownership or or some someone in charge um, has decided that tanking is not going to be a thing, and so. Um, even in the bad seasons, and it's looking like this is going to be a bad season, um, they have the team, the front office, has not given up on this season before the season started. You know, a front office that's giving up doesn't trade for Chris Davis. Um, you know, doesn't trade a prospect for Chris Davis. Um, a front office that's giving up doesn't acquire Jed Lowry. I mean, these aren't like superstars. It's not like they went out and, and signed Jason Hayward. Um, but uh, but they are attempts to make the team better. Second base has been a problem. So get Jed Lowry. He's he's better than Eric Sogard. Um, left field uh, was a problem because Coco Crisp uh, is never healthy. Um, so you get Chris Davis. Uh, you know, again, these aren't these aren't um, world beating moves, but sort of within the context that they're working in, they're improvements. And so you see that, and you say, well, you know, if Chris Davis does this, and if Jed Lowry does that, and if Sonny Gray is still an ace and you know maybe if one of the young you you do that that chain of ifs um and you know as long as you're realistic about it you won't end up disappointed um you know i'm not going to be disappointed if the a's are a a third fourth uh how many teams are there in the division uh third fourth or fifth uh place team because this sort of what's expected of them um but uh you know it does it does allow me to actually watch the games in um in april uh without feeling completely despondent about it. Oh, uh, speaking of de- despondent. No, I won't I won't segue <laughs> everywhere. 
that way. I think there's five teams in the AL West, right? The Angels are still a baseball team, right? Technically. Technically. Um, They're, uh, yeah. No, it, it's, I always forget, you know, when they moved the Astros, that's, uh, I, I'm still stuck in, you know, 2007. <laughs> that's fine. <laughs> Many of us are. <laughs> Uh, so the the news out of spring training, the Giants get their first injury. Um, big news, it's Matt Cain has a cyst on his arm, and he had it drained a couple of times, and it, it didn't take. It uh, gained sentience or something, so they had to surgically remove it. So his timetable for return uh, or for getting his reps in, that's all been pushed. There's a chance he may not be on the roster opening day. Matt Cain, the past two and a half Years, maybe three. It's just been kind of a rough go of things. I know the Giants, we were all counting on him being somebody. And Doug, I mean, I know in terms of depth, Chris Heston, Chris Heston is right there. Uh, I just wonder, like, this seems like one of those cases where it's like, we didn't bank on Matt Cain getting injured. We just banked on him being bad. And so now maybe it, it gums up your depth a little bit, and I wonder, or your plans a little bit. And I wonder what that might do to teams um, in those situations. Well, the Giants have pretty good depth for that fifth starter spot. You know, one of the kind of sad realities of who Matt Cain is now is that nobody's expecting that much from him. So if he misses a couple starts and Chris Heston takes him or Clayton Blackburn takes him, nobody's going to expect too much from him still. Um, they're going to be able to just step in and if they pitch, if, if whoever the replacement is, if he needs a replacement, we don't know that yet. But if he needs a replacement for, for a couple starts, the Giants will just need someone to pitch adequately. Um, they're not looking for a big star. They're not looking... Nobody really thinks that Matt Cain is going to be, you know, blowing up the Death Star Matt Cain again. He's just going to be a guy who, if he wasn't paid $40 million over the next two years, would probably not still be on the roster. That is a sad point. He's no Kendall Graveman, right, Jason? Just want to bring you back into this conversation. <laughs> he, he he might be Kendall Graveman. Uh, I don't mean to slander poor Kendall Graveman, but... <laughs> He's no Sean Nolan. <laughs> oh, well, yeah, no. That, that, that would be going too far on, on Matt Cain, I think. He is, uh, he is no Sean Nolan. Don't you, mean you don't, don't you mean you don't mean to bury Kendall Graveman? Yeah. <laughs> uh. <laughs> comedy sure. high volume business you just got to keep going <laughs> uh yeah uh, but i i tend to think that i i agree with you but i i just now just throwing it out there for the sake of discussion that there are teams it's kind of like life you plan for things not to always work out but at least for me i kind of feel like there's a, a parameters for failure and so if some so again I, I expect Matt Cain to not do well. I wasn't planning for him to get injured because now it delays my evaluation of my or my expectation of him not doing well. It just pushes that back. So now it's like gums it up a little bit. And I wonder, you know, the Giants' infield depth is such that if Joe Panic's back really just goes keeps being a question mark, you know, then the Giants' infield depth is going to be a big uh, is going to be a, a big sore spot again. And, uh, and we'll see where it goes. And it's kind of like that's one where they planned for like, okay, we are definitely screwed if anyone gets hurt here. We know that. <laughs> um, but Matt Cain or even any of the starters kind of like 
getting hurt in a non like blow up an elbow kind of way, which is I would assume always the worst case scenario that they kind of have in the back of their minds. Um, that beyond that, it's kind of like ah, oh, it would have been nice if we had known what we had or had a better sense instead of having to delay that. So I don't know. I'm just I'm just trying to find something to talk about in spring training because it's so damn early. It's like they're they're really like some people don't even they're not even fully stretched yet. You know, Coco Crisp. <laughs> Coco Chris probably hasn't even used 65% of his body yet um, in this calendar year. <laughs> I, well, but he's probably has used uh, 120% of his hair. <laughs> <laughs> well, he's using 120% of his hair, which now sadly does not cover 100% of the same area it used to. So that's that, what he, is always uh, the sad part about Coco Chris was his helmet would fly off, and then it'd be like, no, if the hairline's moved back another inch. That's not cool. <laughs> every every triple pushed it back another another quarter of an inch. Yeah. <laughs> was uh, Were there any giants you actually liked growing up? Uh, I had, um, I had a, a Jeffrey Leonard starting lineup figure. He was a giant for a while, right? He was. Yes. Yeah. I think I, think I got it... Uh, the the World Series year. I think I got it in '89. Well, your World Series year. We had a lot of them. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, and, and congratulations uh, on winning one of those. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I I'm trying to think. I don't. I had you know there was that there was that that baseball card. Um, was it? They were all like portraits and black and white. And then one of the cards was like. It was like Black and Decker, and it was like the 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 battery of Bud Black and Steve Decker. Um, I don't think I ever saw Bud Black pitch, and I certainly never saw Steve Decker. I assume his name is Steve catch, uh, but I liked that card, so I feel like that counts. All right, so okay. you're a fan. So you're a fan of a card, okay? I got yeah, that. it was. I think that's uh, that's a, that was my early yeah. fandom. Certainly was uh, was the cards. That's I like Kevin like... Mitchell. Oh yeah, Kevin Mitchell. That's good. Um, I, I'm always, uh, that's kind of like me being a fan of the BART station going right, dropping you right off in front of the Coliseum. That's my favorite day. <laughs> <laughs> I've never actually taken BART to the game. You know, I go to that state, I've gone to that station for the airport. Um, not my, not my favorite station, uh, in terms of the personalities yeah, involved. Yeah, it's not a great I, one. Uh, <laughs> It, it just has – it's got some upside. It drops you right off in front of the stadium. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so beyond the annual, um, are you contributing regularly for Baseball Prospectus this year? Because I don't read it all the time. <laughs> uh, no. Uh, I, I have not for a number of years actually. Um, uh, and I, I don't really have plans to. As I understand it, I'm still sort of – welcome to pitch and you know whatever um but uh, i have no i have no no official column there or anything like that well that's a shame because folks if you haven't if you haven't read his stuff if you haven't sat and listened to him just talk jason you're a very interesting guy (laughs) (laughs) i you know yeah i I definitely see the the the, your eyes glazing over as i as i talk brian no way that's that's not the case at all we're usually watching either an a's game or a dodgers game so there's other stuff going on in the background that makes me 
uh, tune out or like whatever. But <laughs> I think the last game, uh, the A's game that we that A's and Angels, Kendall Graveman yeah. was the starter there. In fact, um, but you're like insanely busy. I don't know how you do this and. You speak in front of the Supreme Court, right? That's your day job. That's your <laughs> yeah. I, just, I, I sort of I don't actually argue cases. Yeah. I just sort of show up and <laughs> start right. talking. That's right. And eventually, That's right. you know, like they get tired of it, yeah. but I come back the next day. And now with Scalia gone, you have more time to talk. So it's going to be right. it's you're busier now. Um, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, when, but, once once he uh, once he gets replaced, it'll it'll you know I'll, I'll lose like twelve percent of my time again. But uh, but for now, it's you know it's almost <laughs> it's so much of me. That's right. <laughs> uh, but in terms of this, uh, I can ask you about this upcoming labor agreement. In terms of what you see, uh, how things might be going. Um, uh, one thing that I've learned over the past year that I didn't know beforehand because. I just assumed everything was fair and that the revenue balance was 50-50 or something close to that. And then the revenue balance is like 60-40 owners. And so – and is that correct? Yeah, I think I think that's uh, that's about what I've read. Yeah, that um, I think you know, in the context of comparing it to some of the other sports, um, of course, it, it's not as – I don't think we have the numbers quite as well because um, – it's not baked into the agreement the way it is in the NBA and maybe the NFL. Um, so the numbers aren't reported quite as accurately necessarily. But yeah, it, it's it's pretty it's pretty tilted. So it's just a, it's essentially payrolls that we know publicly and kind of like team valuations or industry valuations of annual revenue, something like that. That's how we figured it out. Yeah, I'm guessing um, they're yeah they're sort of best estimates of revenue um, based on publicly reported TV contracts. Uh, maybe you know gate gate revenue is pretty easy to figure out, um, but yeah, concessions and and various other things. There's a lot of variable. You know, how much are they getting for for uh, advertising? Those those things are probably a lot more um, a lot more error involved in figuring that out. Guessing those from the outside. Where do you stand on the qualifying offer? You know, I, I don't obviously. So, like the the clear purpose of it is to uh, decrease the value of um, or decrease yeah decrease the value of some of the top free agents. So, um, in in that regard, uh, I I think it's I think it's dumb. Uh, you know that that's just sort of like my basic bias. Does it does it hurt the players? Then it's dumb and bad. Um, but I think even beyond that, I think I think as you know, you can go kind of bipartisan and and look at how weird and distorted it's made the free agent market, and how you know we're here in in um, in February, uh, yeah, the end of February, and and teams are in camp, and pitchers are 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 catching, and catchers are pitching, and all sorts of stuff, and. Um, and and now Dexter Fowler's being signed, you know, and and four days ago Yovani Gallardo's being signed, and it's it just feels um, uh, broken um, in a way that uh, even putting aside, you know, even if you even if you want the owners to have all the money, um, it it doesn't feel like normal free agency. It doesn't feel like productive free agency. Um, it just causes all this all this weirdness that I don't. I don't think uh, many fans seem to like, and I don't particularly like it either. 
Oh, you get the Stephen Drew situation. You know, you get the players who stick around until June one or whenever the whenever they're allowed to sign without penalty. Um, and that you know, that's just except in the Roger Clemens situation, that never seems to work for anybody either. Right. If you're an older player and you're basically like, I'll play half a season. Um, I think more players later in their now I'm just I'm just riffing here. I think more players later in their careers should do like a pull an A rod and take like a year off. And I know he didn't. I know pulling an A rod is get suspended from baseball. <laughs> but essentially, like you know, you're late in your career. Maybe you've had a couple of years that are injury riddled. Just take a year off. You know, don't you get hurt in spring training one year? Maybe don't come back that year. Just sit it out. It's not like a surgery thing. Just just like let your body fully recover and then come back and see what happens. You're getting paid any way, either way, baby. Just sit out. I also just feel like a way of like if you're especially if these contracts stay seven or eight years, you know, I don't think we're going to see eight years or ten years much. Well, who knows? Um, but in terms of there's got I feel like resting these assets seems like something that's going to become more important. And that's why depth is so important and making sure your 25th man is decent and all that kind of stuff. But there's got to be a way to. I don't know if it prevents injury, but maybe just to sustain some degree of effectiveness uh, going forward that rest is going to, it kind of already is, you know, you always hear the manager say, I'm going to give this guy a day, this or that. But I'm also thinking radically, like, this guy's just going to sit for a couple weeks because he's going to sit. So, I don't know. I'm just a, I'm a kooky guy. I don't know why guys coming back from Tommy John don't just start their seasons later. Why Matt Harvey didn't just start later or Steven Strasburg didn't just start later and then join the team at some point so that then he was available late so that they're available later in the season I, stuff like that yeah the, the pitch the inning count guys it, it is a, a weird um you know prioritization or, or you know get get them on the field as soon as you know on their normal schedule but nothing else about the way that they're going about their season as normal so why why are you pretending that that needs to be normal why can't you arrange it a different way right and and everyone talks about the grind of the season which is you know it's real you do anything you know that monotonous or just that sort of rhythm it's going to wear you down it's just like they're gonna that's gonna affect them at some point and what you're like no he has he has to feel the grind of of the fourth or fifth month he can't feel the grind in the third month, then he's not a real team player. I, yeah, I just don't know where that comes from. Um, uh, do you plan on making it to many games this year? Do you tend to go a lot? Probably my normal amount, which is like three, maybe four. Um, uh, yeah, a lot of it winds up depending on when the A's are in town. That's when I try to prioritize, uh, you know, going but i i've never been a uh like the game in person doesn't doesn't do a lot for me i like being in the stadium uh for a while i like you know hanging out with people um but if i'm gonna actually i mean you know uh i, I saw a sunny gray game at dodger stadium last year i think you were there right um and uh and I don't remember a thing about it. I have no idea um, what happened in that game. I have no idea. I think Sonny Gray pitched well, uh, but I think I remember that from, like, the box score afterward, not <laughs> not watching him. Um, so Yeah, I just remember that the guy two rows up 
was somehow blocked from seeing things when I was just sitting regularly. That's what I remember from that game. So that was kind of annoying. That I was just sitting regularly and somehow blocking a grown man. And I, and I'm short, folks. So there was very difficult that I. It was very odd that I was somehow able to do that. But yes, that's all I remember from that game. You're right. <laughs> don't go to baseball game, folks. You have no object permanence or something. I don't know. <laughs> just read the stats off spreadsheet. That's we're right. We're telling you right now. That's right. And the the post game recaps on the Covey Chronicles. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Second to none. Yes, lots of fine quality content there. So, as an A's fan, uh, how are you feeling? How bad are you feeling about the Josh Donaldson trade right now? <laughs> yeah, I don't. I you know. Okay, so here's the hope. The hope. I'm I'm pretty convinced Franklin Barreto is going to be a Hall of Fame player. Uh, <laughs> that's uh, that's that's where I'm that's where I'm going. Just no, you it, watch. It's, I just I just it's it's. Um, I think once a decade, Billy Bean uh, gets gets makes a move based on just really hating a guy, um, and you know the one from last decade was Jeremy Giambi, um, and who you know he had like a three ninety on base percentage, terrible defender, uh, but a three ninety on base percentage, um, which even in the era was was quite good, um, and traded him for John Mabry in the middle of a you know in the middle of a, a playoff hunt, um, and you know yeah we all saw. Moneyball and dancing on the table and whatnot, um, you know, later got caught with, uh, or maybe earlier, got caught with weed in an airport, um, which is just, you know, that's more dumb than, like, bad character. Um, you know, I don't I don't think anybody particularly cares, but it's just like, why did you, you know, wrap it up in foil and take it into the airport? That seems like a dumb idea. Um, so, you know, I, I kind of put that this on the same level except magnified by about a hundred because Donaldson, you know, has spent three years as an MVP quality player, you know, plays good defense at a, at an important position. Um, and I, you know, I'm not sure what happened. I'm not sure. Nobody thought Nolan was an ace. Uh, nobody thought Graveman was an ace. Um, you know, everybody knew the question marks around Lori. Uh, I don't, I don't really understand, you know, what the malfunction was in the process there. It's it's honestly more baffling to me at this point than it is frustrating. Um, like, I, I just genuinely don't understand what happened. That sounds like a clash of egos, like what you said, just out of pure spite. I mean, that's the only logical... Uh, thing. I mean, th- that someone was irrational in that exchange. That's the most logical thing to me. Uh, because, yeah, I mean, the A's probably not going to compete as well, even with Donaldson on the team. But then again, that's that opportunity of you have a, an amazing player, then you never know. Um, but certainly if you get rid of that amazing player, you kind of pretty well know <laughs> how yeah. things are going to go. But- and they they were trying to compete last year. Um, you know, it didn't work as well without Donaldson. Right. Um, you know, they, but they, you know, in the in the Samarja trade, they went for for Marcus Semyon, not you know, sort of young twenty year olds down in in A ball, um, and uh, or even getting Laurie in the Donaldson trade. Um, you know, it's possible. I mean, maybe the Blue Jays wanted to do that, but you know, get, getting major league ready players and Graveman and 
Nolan were also sort of major league ready types rather than, you know, wish upon a star type. So um, it's uh, they, they were trying to kind of rebuild in place in a way. Um, but, you know, Donaldson had multiple years of team control, et cetera, et cetera. Um, so you could rebuild in place with them. Uh, maybe you can't afford him and Samarja, but it's sort of hard to believe that they couldn't afford um, one of them. Uh, so yeah, so I, it really it really does smell like the 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 name calling uh, the the report that Donaldson called him Billy Boy or whatever, um, <laughs> which I you know that's that is a Donaldson level insult. Um, you know I love him as a player, but he did does seem like a little bit. Of, uh, and this is someone who just spent the year watching Brett Laurie. Uh, Donaldson seems like a bit of an <laughs> empty-headed doink. Also, what if that's like if that's like the Marty McFly "Don't call me chicken" for Billy Bean? Is like just you call he could have called me anything else, but Billy Boy is just that. That's the the switch gets flipped for as soon as you do that. Who knows? <laughs> uh, I remember what I was going to say. It wasn't a question. But it was, I am going to be seeing one game for sure this year, and that is Star Trek Night at AT&T Park. <laughs> uh, September 16th, folks. It's the 50th anniversary of Star Trek, and there's going to be some hella nerdy stuff going down. I'm sure of it, and I can't wait, and I hope my favorite giants make fun of me for loving Star Trek in their stadium. That's the only thing that, <laughs> yeah, that will make it extra special. Um, <laughs> wait, the, I like the, that. I like that you're you're committed to this despite uh, surviving Star Wars night at Angel Stadium last year. <laughs> oh my God! I just I had buried that. <laughs> Tug, so at Star Wars night, they showed the they started to show the trailer, and then they cut to the rally monkey. It was the worst <gasps> thing ever. <laughs> We were all there. We all got. We were furious. <laughs> right? It was like the first thirty seconds of the trailer, and then like as soon as the yeah, music not swells, even. I think yeah. it was like you know, yeah. They like had the whatever the ship in the sand. I haven't seen the movie. Uh, the ship in the sand or whatever, and and then you're like, oh, neat, the trailer, and then here comes the rally monkey. <laughs> they also inserted the rally monkey into the scene uh, where where. I think Luke gets dumped into the, you know, the sand underneath the, there's a lot of sand in these movies, right? Um, uh, and then the big worm thing comes out. I don't know. And the rally monkey was the, you have any idea what I mean? No. <laughs> I don't, I don't know what the star Wars kids are into. I don't know what the names of the star Wars <laughs> things are. <laughs> uh, so some creature that some people have fetishized over for like 30 years came out in the... <laughs> yes, that, in, that's, in the, a, that's yes. about right. Uh, this is coming from a Star Trek fan. I'm such a hypocrite, folks. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so this is the point in the podcast where we answer questions from Twitter, which have been remarkably tame through our 16 weeks of doing this show. <laughs> I feel they've been very tame. Um, Doug, do you have any of those questions? I do. So right. the first one is from Kizar Soze, as always. Long time <laughs> listener and asker, yes. Asking, what food do stadiums need that they either fail at or don't currently provide? Okay, so I hear that question as, 
what do they need to improve on if it's a staple? And then what do they need to get? Then like, what should they have? That's how I'm hearing the yeah. question, right? Yeah. So right. like, if it's bad, like what, what good food should there be? That's not there. So like if a stadium has sushi, but it's bad, you'd say, well, they need good sushi. If they don't have sushi, you could still say sushi. To the sushi point, I say no baseball stadium, no sports well, yeah. stadium should have sushi whatsoever. And that is my my hard and fast rule there. I think yeah. I think it would be acceptable at like you know water polo. <laughs> if it was like ocean adjacent. <laughs> well, just it's thematic. It's oh, thematic. you're talking about that? Yes, I, I arrived at that point just a beat too late. Yes, okay. So, <laughs> uh, yes, you're talking thematic. I'm talking quality. And that's essentially like getting sushi at a gas station. So <laughs> a sports arena, I wouldn't necessarily <laughs> go with that. But all right, you're, you're a theme guy. All right. So are there any foods or – I don't know how many baseball stadiums you've been to, but have there been any that have just dropped the ball on food quality? Uh, I mean, I'm weirdly ne- – I'm never impressed with Dodger Stadium's offerings. Um, like considering it's it's – LA uh it it doesn't it doesn't seem like it just seems sort of boring Uh, you know they have all the the basics and and none of them all that good I I want I want better pretzels yeah out in the world that's what I want that is I agree there should be better pretzels at all the stadiums but they they buy them like at the beginning of the month and that's it so that's the problem there (laughs) And half of them are bad. So, like, if you're not in the first group of people to get the pretzel, you're getting one of those big, like, hard ones, and you sort of dip it in the mustard, and you think, I'm going to eat this, but I'm mad. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think yeah, you can't, you can't toss it away or anything. I mean, no. you're committed right. to it. You, yeah. you can always just, like, lick off the salt in any event. Uh, the Angels Stadium food is also pretty bad. It's also pretty forgettable, mainly. But one of those, Dodgers or, or Angels... I remember the pretzel I had there, the moisture in my mouth, the moisture in the air, and the moisture in the mustard just evaporated with each bite. And it just dried <laughs> it just dried it. It was like it was like I was chewing on on Vonnegut's Ice Nine. Just all the moisture was leaving, <laughs> just going away. Um, that's all I remember. So okay. But we're, so we're this is a consensus. There should be there should be better pretzels at baseball games. Yeah. They could and just think of the possibilities. Then they could have pretzeled hot dog buns uh, if they actually had good pretzels. Um, and by the way, Dodger Stadium Dodger dogs are very overrated. <laughs> yeah, I don't really understand what makes them Dodger dogs as opposed to jet. You know, they're still the same sort of mushy, like really odd consistency. Considering they're supposed to be meat um, items, that yeah, I don't know what makes them Dodgery. They're bigger than an average dog. That's that's my Seinfeld attempting to explain that. <laughs> oh, I thought that was a Vin Scully uh, impression. <laughs> oh, my Vin Scully is, they're bigger than an average dog. Let's go back to this one. That's, my <laughs> that's, uh, that's not bad. I, I don't know that I could tell the difference between the two, but uh, I'm going to say they're both pretty good. Well, you would well tell the Seinfeld is louder. That yeah. was really the big that's difference. Right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I did put one higher registered attempted anyway, but Vince Scully would be like, you'd have to go all the way back to the petting zoo where the goat and the cat 
and the stray dog became friends and then were captured and processed as meat. And now you're enjoying them in the stands of Farmer John's Dodger Dog. That would be <laughs> the <Vince> Scully bitch. <laughs> uh, all right, next question. <laughs> all right, this one comes from at Lars the Wanderer asking, since we're talking about Dodger Stadium, how long will the reanimated corpse of Larry King be allowed to haunt Dodger Stadium? <laughs> well, he's a season ticket holder as long as he pays his deposit. So. Uh, uh, they might price them out at some point. I suppose that's possible. Oh, you think they'd price out LK? I think uh, <laughs> I think it is entirely possible that Dodger Stadium could could be a, a billionaire's only uh, sort of location within the next uh, twenty years. Well, to appropriate some Andrew Friedmanese, what's the positive arbitrage of cutting ties with uh, Larry <laughs> King and Mary Hart? <laughs> Um, uh, that's a question for you, Andrew Friedman. You can answer. Answer me on the Twitter, <laughs> on the email. Uh, uh, what my favorite Larry King uh, news of the day? First of all, we all know about how he tweets, right? Everybody <laughs> on the stays knows about how Larry Larry King tweets. Yeah, better than everyone else. No, no, no. How he actually inputs the tweets in so that they're put up on Twitter. No, I do not. No, I I don't either. Just to recap, if you don't know how Larry King tweets, there was an article, I believe, in the New York Times that actually says he calls his assistant. He has a hotline that he calls into, (laughs) and he speaks the tweet into it, and I assume with the hashtag onto it, then his assistant goes to the hotline, listens to it, and then types it in and posts it to Twitter. That is how Larry King tweets in 2016. <laughs> so actually, I think uh, I think the answer better than everyone else holds. Yeah, no. <laughs> <laughs> I think he does. I think he's he's got a fine uh, uh, tweet catalog. I think he's great. Uh, but my my favorite Larry King story currently is I don't know if you folks are out there watching the American Crime uh, Story show on FX. Um, about OJ, you know the OJ show basically, and they have the last two episodes. Larry King has played himself, so it's current 2016 alien-looking Larry King, made up to look like 1994 Larry King, and it's hilarious because he looks like current-day Larry King with just like a, they put drew a marker on his hair. To make it darker. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> and he's got like his old man hunch now. And, uh, you know, his voice is what it is. And it's just it's just funny to me. I'm, I'm like, they could have actually used the footage of old Larry King. Uh, like the old, they use all the other ar- archival footage. But I guess it's just like, well, we can get Larry King. Why don't we just get Larry King? But <laughs> there, there's a, uh, there's a uh, nostalgia, and then there's insanity, and I think this is closer to that. <laughs> I don't. I, it's got to be. I, I'm not watching it uh, yet, but I, that seems. I mean, everybody else is an actor. It's not like OJ's in it, right. uh, you know. And it's not like you know. You got you got Schwimmer, and you got Travolta, and you got the whole crew there, and then you got actual Larry King. Like I don't know. It, that's uh, that seems very. Uh, it seems like it would create dissonance. Did it create dissonance? I believe the fact that I'm talking about it and expressing 
Exasperation. Yes. I, yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. What else have we got on, on the old uh, question box there? All right. Uh, we had a similar question last week, but we'll just go ahead with it anyway. It's our show now. Um, we're going to again call it Date Mary Ditch uh, for Kershaw Puig and Adrian Gonzalez. Again with the Dodgers. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Kershaw Puig and Gonzalez. Yeah. Um, I mean, I think you have to marry Kershaw, right? Does that seem like a given? Yeah. Oh. I think no. Oh, what's the what's the yeah. oh? Oh, I, I think you gotta you gotta date Kershaw. Really? You gonna marry Puig? No, I'm gonna marry Adrian. I'm gonna marry oh, steady. No. What? I'm gonna steady Adrian Gonzalez. He's steady. I know what so I'm getting. Boring. Yeah, he's boring, and he, yeah, but what, is just as boring. I'm just as steady. He's just steady at a signif- such a higher level. Plus, he's got his 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 bro crew that he that he <laughs> celebrates the site young with every year. You know, his his he's got his his E, and he's got his uh, turtle. And like, don't you want those dudes in your life? No, you don't get him. all you're I, doing is dating him. Here are the concerns with marrying Kershaw for those very reasons. One, one of those guys clearly look like the killer from the girl with the dragon tattoo so i don't want some sort of ill i don't want an ill fate to befall me just by hanging out with them and two what happens when any cardinals roll up or we like go to missouri for some reason this it's just gonna be a mess he's not gonna know what to do and it's just gonna be bad so I'm not Why would you go to Missouri? That's you really your own go to Missouri. This is the very easy answer. What if one of the bros are like, I've, you've got to come here. <laughs> I've got the a, bros I've got of a all condo people, in the arch. So, the bros of all people know not to take Kershaw to Missouri. <laughs> but I definitely am, am, am ditching Puig. <laughs> Oh, I gotta ditch Gonzalez. He's the most dad. No, he's, that's the thing. He's not even the most dad. Like normally we say, "Oh, this guy's the most dad. He's so dad, whatever." Gonzalez is the most stepdad guy in the league, <laughs> and like just that that goatee and the way he tries to act all tough. Like, and even though with that goatee he's trying to act tough, and you know that he wears the Michael Jordan jeans, and just like. There's no, there's no way, there's no way that uh, Adrian Gonzalez can be involved in my life at all. He, uh, he, owns so a mo- he owns a motorcycle, but he only takes it out on Sunday afternoons. Yeah, and it, you know he makes sure to go to speed limit on it. Um, wears the 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 safest possible helmet, not the one that actually makes you look cool. I love that he's a stepdad. <laughs> it's 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 really just the. You know, it describes him. He is. Uh, Puig, you know, Puig would, would, you'd get to ride around in this car for a while. Um, you know, it would be a, it would be a nice date. It would be a nice time. <laughs> I think I picked him for date last weekend, but I, or last show, but I don't remember yeah. what the other choices were. <laughs> I, I, well, I remember we all married Lincecum, but I don't remember who the third choice was. <laughs> Yeah, I don't remember either. Uh, someone will go back and listen, I hope. I don't know. So. <laughs> um, all right. Yeah, so that's uh, the last thing we do for every show, Jason, because I know you're you're an avid listener. 
um, is we usually end on some sort of absurd game that I come up with at the last minute, or sometimes I think about well in advance, and then those are usually the worst ones. But uh, this is probably a bad short-notice one, so you've come with a good week. Um, and that is, so this week's game is called SCOTUS or POTUS. As you know, there's a vacancy on the Supreme Court, and as you know, we are currently in the midst of election season. Well, let's pick a giant. Let's throw, one of us throws a giant out there, and then the other two... Uh, can pick what they would be best suited for, what they should be campaigning to be. Let's just assume that they, they, they are just quitting baseball because they have an opportunity to either be a front runner in the GOP um, or it doesn't have to be a party. Just to say POTUS or SCOTUS. And then if you want to pitch their platform or how they might win. How about, Doug, you throw out the first one, Jason and I will have at it. Um, okay. Denard Span. Denard Span, he is a giant. I have to remember that. <laughs> yeah, you're looking at the same <laughs> roster I am. Um... Uh, so Denard Span, uh, he was been he was in the American League at one point, so you should know who he is, Jason. <laughs> yeah, but he was in the National League last year, so yes. I forgot he existed. <laughs> uh, I think. Oh, oh, go ahead. Yeah, no, yeah, no, you go because I wasn't gonna. I was just gonna stall for time. <laughs> <laughs> I think he run Denard Spain clearly to me is a as a strong uh candidate uh for the office of president of the United States of America and I think his platform would be um renewal and comebacks because that is what he's all about right now. He's gonna prove that he has somehow done what few people do and overcome a hip injury to become again an elite level baseball player. And I think that's gonna be his platform of like America has a hip injury and a hip issue right now, but I'm going to make us hip again, and I think that's his campaign slogan: "Make America hip again." And it's going to be denied. So that's probably not going to be on a on a hat, but is he going to have it like on a pair of pants, on, or like a a WWE championship belt, maybe? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, I like it. So that's Denard Spanis POTUS. So I, I won't be the person to, to note that there are only three giants who are even eligible to be president. Uh, <laughs> age, which, which, to be fair, uh, is... Two of whom are, were not born in the U.S. Uh, so No, all three of whom. None of... No, that's not, I'm sorry. There are four, three of whom were not born in the U.S. Um, so the only actual possible president here is Jake Peavy. Uh, but... Uh, but I, but I think he can still run uh, because, as we all know, uh, Ted Cruz is also not eligible um, because he is, in fact, uh, the Zodiac killer. So um, that is uh, Article uh, Article Six, uh, Section Four of the Constitution bans the Zodiac killer from uh, being or even running for president. So that the, all the noise about Trump potentially suing him uh, to, to prevent. You know him becoming president. You know, I, I think there's a good chance that he might win uh, on tr- on those grounds. I think Trump v Zodiac Killer would be that would definitely be used. Thousands <laughs> of articles would be written about Trump <laughs> v Zodiac. <laughs> uh, but I, yeah, I think I think Span for for president is uh, would be would be a, a solid idea. You know, he's he's got he's got sort of 
bi-coastal kind of cred. He's got the middle America. He's, he's covered all of America in in his career. You know, Minnesota, Washington, and and now and now San Francisco. Um, very very few politicians can compete with that kind of um, geography spanning uh, experience um, without being. You know, nobody's ever dared to call him a carpetbagger. So I think the <laughs> fact that it hasn't happened yet is uh, really bodes well for his campaign. So yeah, I think he needs to needs to. I mean, he's gonna have to. The fundraising is gonna be tough, so he needs to get out there sooner rather than later. Well, Scott Scott Boris being his campaign manager, I think would certainly give him a leg up or help him catch up with everybody else quickly. I, but yeah, I think it's a good point. He balances his own ticket, so that's important. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Uh, and one thing, though, is one thing you bring up a great point about the age eligibility. If we had played this game 10 years ago, we, we would have been hard pressed to find a giant not eligible on that roster. <laughs> <laughs> so, oh, how times have changed. Um, all right. Jason, who do you have? Uh, let's uh, t- tell me, uh, let's do uh, Brandon Belt. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, to me, Belt's SCOTUS because I think he gets I think he gets through the nomination process because <laughs> you would you would have uh, you would have people putting him up going like but he's enjoyable and funny and he seems to ha- be sharper than he looks so that'll help uh, with like the can I have a beer with him whatever senators are going to be judging him based on that and then I I think that the fact that he's got a ceiling of some kind. Is why he would get uh, nominated by the current president. Uh, so I'm going to say SCOTUS, and I think he's going to be like Brandon Belt. Just he tries his best. That's the that's the uh, selling point. He tries his darndest, and he's he could be um, good. <laughs> yeah, I think I think SCOTUS because I think he's he's an inquisitive person. So when he gets on the bench, he'll just ask questions of the lawyers all day long. And it won't even they won't even necessarily be relevant to the case. They'll be like, so what's your uh, your favorite meal at Olive Garden? You like the breadsticks? You like the soup? What do you like? It'll just be that for his entire speaking time. He'll like nudge Clarence Thomas, be like, I can ask your questions, right? And Thomas is like, yeah. I like the idea uh, that all of his hypotheticals or his questions related to the case are are all Olive Garden based. Right. That would be better. <laughs> You know, someone brings in a suit, and so he's like, "So you're telling me that in the scenario where I go to Olive Garden, like that was the starting point." He does have more experience than anybody else on the Giants of being uh, on the bench when he really shouldn't be. <laughs> so he just picked things up through that. All right. Oh, so Doug, you agree? So we're done. Yeah, right. I, I think so. All right, well then, I'm, I'm going to throw out one I feel is is an easy one. Uh, it's Jake Peavy. Yeah, and since since I'm just stealing that whole cloth from Jason because you reminded me he was on the team. So. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm gonna I'm gonna say Scotus because I know he's eligible for the presidency, but he doesn't strike me as someone who wants to be president that badly. He strikes me as like more of a team player. And I think, you know, he wants to confer with uh, with the other justices and, and come together and sort of figure out what the verdict is. And then he wants to play some, some sweet tunes on his guitar. And I think that'll be a good day for him. I, I think uh, I have to disagree. I think I have to go 
go uh, POTUS on this one because uh, mainly because he just seems too greasy to spend all day in a black robe. Um, <laughs> I think he's got to have the freedom to, to put on that, that trucker cap and uh and a filthy shirt and i don't i don't think the black robe is going to be flattering for what i assume is the dandruff situation uh, <laughs> so that's i, I think he's got to be potus and i think he's got to stick with uh a lot of khaki suits <laughs> i i must say that his um uh i think his uh long hair looks pretty cool uh, now that he's grown it out. But I would say that that's your most slanderous statement of any giant is saying that he has dandruff. You have no idea. <laughs> I, I was going to say, this is the punchline here, but he, he's got to be a SCOTUS because Justice is blind and so is Jake Peavy. And that was <laughs> that was the reason why. <laughs> it's the whole reason why I brought him up. So All right. Uh, well, okay, so Jason, you are a, a master of many things, um, but is there anything you want to plug, especially? Uh, I guess, I guess uh, buy, the, buy the Baseball Prospectus Annual. It's out. Uh, get it now before the season starts, because once the season starts, you won't really feel like reading it anymore. That's my experience. Um, that's a, that's a pretty shitty plug, I guess. Uh, but, <laughs> um, I've always, you know, I always, when I was just a reader, I always tried to read it, uh, you know, before spring training ended because I sort of put it on my shelf after that. Um, anyway, uh, yeah, uh, Sam Miller co-edited, uh, uh, and, uh, Patrick Dubuque of, um, Lookout Landing and, and various other places. Uh, it is, um, you know, production quality took a, a step back up this year. The concerns of last year were listened to. It is, um, the font is actually is readable. The paper is nice. And um, the jokes are adequate. Um, in my, uh, in my, the jokes I wrote are adequate. The jokes everybody else wrote are fantastic. Um, so, yeah, it's, uh, it is, uh, you know, in the 15 to $18 range at Amazon. It will probably be at your house sort of immediately if you order it. And um, I, uh, I like it. And I think everybody else will as well. All right. And you're still writing for the uh, Sweet Spot blog on ESPN? It's not really a sweet spot. I, I don't. It's not clear to me that the sweet spot still exists. I, I don't think it does. Um, uh, it kind of went away in the redesign of uh, the ESPN website, but I do still technically have beanball.org. Yes. Spelled like Billy. Um, <laughs> yeah. And uh, yeah, uh, ho- hopefully we'll have, uh, we'll have somewhat regular uh, writing there this season. So, yeah. And ESPN still exists, right? I'm not sure. Um, uh, I haven't been in a while. Yeah. So I can't confirm or deny. All right, and you're on Twitter, and how can I am find on Twitter? You there? Yeah. How That's can they find you? Probably my main outlet, J L W O J on Twitter. And you should definitely give them a follow if you're uh, if you're not already. You should get on that. And um, uh, as you know, I'm at every sixth day, but maybe you forget or you're new to the show, Doug. Uh, I am at Moonwalk McFly. And we thank you very much for listening. Jason, thanks again for joining us. We hope to have you back uh, when the A's and Giants are playing each other and the Giants are 10 games in last place and the A's are 20 games in first. So, yeah. Thanks for joining okay, us. Okay, so, so you're not having me back is what you're saying. <laughs> <laughs> I'm 
I'm just saying that the standings won't be what I just pitched them out to be. Uh, all right. <laughs> Thanks again. Thank uh, you. Guys, have a good night.